Hello, family and friends. I'm honored again today to have with me Caleb Julian Rivers. Excited to get today into Caleb's testimony. We haven't had his input yet, but it's pretty exciting. So I'm just going to kick it over to you, Caleb. All right. Well, first of all, thank you, Greg, for having us on. It's uh, been a real pleasure and a great opportunity. And yeah, I'll get into a little bit of my background and story of how I came to uh, faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, Christians will ask me, how did you go from Hinduism to the Christian faith? And Hindus will ask me, why did you leave, you know, our great religion to follow another religion? And so, uh, so I was born in India in the city of Agra. And Agra is where the uh, Taj Mahal is. So it's a great tourist city that, you know, is very, very well known in the area. And so in that, within the state, it's called Uttar Pradesh or the UP, so they also have a UP in India. In that state, there's 200 million people, which is, uh, you know, you look at the size of the US, it's 350 million roughly or more. And, you know, just one state alone in India having 200 million. I share that because out of that, the religious demographics of that is 80% Hindu and 20, 19% Muslim. And then you've got like 0.18% Christian. Wow. And really very probably nominal Christian. So really you would say like 0.1% Christian. You know, if you look at Midland City here, the population is about 42,000. That would be 42 Christians in the entire city of Midland. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you go from... <laughs> those kind of demographics and probabilities to coming to faith in Jesus. So I grew up in India and at eight years old is when my mother and I, we uh, first in our entire family moved to the U.S. and then my father came just a few months later. Uh, we were brought up in Hinduism and in Hinduism, they, some of their core beliefs are, you've probably heard of karma, that you know there's good karma, bad karma, your works, your deeds, and you go through millions of cycles of being born and reborn to try to work off the bad karma from previous lifetimes until you achieve perfection. Once you achieve perfection through meditating a lot, then you can break out of the cycle and come into this oneness with this immaterial God, you know, impersonal energy type force. And that's the great goal in Hinduism, is to work off your previous lifetime's bad karma and keep, you know, millions of rebirths until you can attain perfection. And a lot of that is revolving around doing a lot of meditation and, you know, finding closeness with God in that way. And then there's the caste system in India, which was predominant years ago, but is starting to, you know, kind of crumble a little bit with modern society and things but within the caste system you've got the priesthood caste at the very top which is about five percent you know of the population then you've got the warrior caste which are more like the military then you've got the business caste then below that you've got the servants and then below that you've got what they are called now like untouchables because they're outside of the will of god you know, either from leaving their caste or whatever, disobeying God or paying for previous lifetimes, you know, for the bad things they did. 
So they're mainly the ones to do a lot of the menial tasks throughout India. So my dad's side, they came from the highest caste, the priesthood caste, and they prided themselves in, you know, being part of the priesthood. And within the priesthood caste, they were in the highest levels of the priesthood caste. And it's very rare in India to find that caste, many of them converting to Christianity, because what happens is then you're identifying yourself with the untouchables, because now you're outside of the will of God by leaving your caste. So to go from the highest with all these great privileges and being the closest to God to becoming untouchable, it's like almost unthinkable to them, you know. So I'll uh, move forward on to now I'm in high school. I've, uh, you know, at 16 years of age, lived in America for about eight years. I meet a friend named Joseph, and he uh, had just gotten radically turned on to Jesus Christ. And I knew a little bit of him before he knew Jesus, and he was this very wild, disruptive kid and, you know, partying and things. And then when he surrendered his life to Jesus, it was a radical change that took place in him. And he was just real zealous about sharing with everybody in the class about faith. He would get called into the principal's office, you know, for um, just being so overzealous. Well, he invited me to come out to church, and we had become good friends. And, you know, he had, um, and because I respected all faiths, I thought, yeah, I'll go check out church, you know. In Hinduism, it's like every path will eventually lead you to the one same God, you know, and you just kind of respect everything. Well, I go to church, and I hear the preacher preach about, you know, how Jesus is the only way to God and the only way to heaven. Now, that is so contrary to everything I was brought up in, and I got, like, super offended that, you know, how can he be so bold and arrogant to say Jesus is the only way? But then he also shared with such boldness and conviction and shared the miracles that it got my attention. So that night I prayed a simple prayer. I said, God, they say you're Jesus, and if you really are Jesus, I'm seeking the truth, then please reveal yourself to me, and if you reveal yourself as Jesus, then I'll follow you. And I was hoping that I would never end up finding out that Jesus is God, because I knew that if he was, then I'd have to change my lifestyle. And I always perceived Christians as you know, they're going to take all the fun out of life. Life's going to get... And I'm in college, and I'm in high school at this time. It's all about, you know, drinking, partying, having fun. And I'm thinking, boy, if I was to turn to Christ, it's going to zap all the fun out of my life. It's going to make, you know, life really boring and very narrow-minded. And so... Uh, but I prayed that prayer sincerely. Didn't have a lot of faith in it. Well, years passed by, and one day I'm just scrolling through the television stations, and I lock into this one station, and it's uh, people testifying of how they've been delivered from drugs and how Jesus freed them. And then also uh, several had come out of wheelchairs. And, you know, just a lot of healing miracles that had taken place in that service. And all of a sudden, I just broke down and wept. And I was just like praying that same prayer again, like, God, here, you know, they're saying that you healed them, delivered them. If this is really you, you know, reveal yourself. And in that instant, my friend Joseph, who I hadn't heard from for months, called me right then and there, inviting me out to a Bible study. So, you know, that caught my attention. 
and then the unfolding of events, get into college. So for about five years, I'm dabbling in the New Age because it's very compatible with Hinduism. And in the New Age, it helps, it shows you ways to connect to the supernatural. And I believed that, that there was a supernatural world because in Hinduism, you know, you got gurus that have tapped into the supernatural realm. And in India, you know, there's a lot of mystics and they talk about how through astrology and palm reading and different things, they can predict the future. So a lot of people in India will go to them to get spiritual guidance. And so I believed in the supernatural world. I just didn't know how to connect to it. And the only thing that I was exposed to was a lot of the new age practices and meditation. So I started dabbling in a lot of new age and meditation. Well, as freshman in college, I started going out with this lady and come to find out she's of the Christian faith and the only way our relationship is going to grow and progress is, you know, if we go to church together at least. So I started taking her to that same church that I was introduced to three years back that my friend Joseph at first invited me to. So here we are, you know, I'm still following Hindu faith, she's trying to follow the Christian faith, we're going to church every Sunday. I didn't really have a real good understanding of the concept of sin separating us from God. In Hinduism, it's like, hey, everybody's God. You just don't know it. Through meditation, you'll come to realize you're already one with God. And when you come to that realization, you know, you'll break out of the cycle. Well, now in Christianity, they're talking about sin and how sin separates you from God. And God is perfect and holy. And we're not... And the only way that we can uh, bridge that gap is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because people would tell me, you know, Jesus died for your sins, and it would just never make sense to me. I would just think, like, you know, my sins aren't that bad of a deal. Like, you know, sure, I commit sins, but for the most part, I'm a really good person. And sure, God will accept me, you know. He can't, like, you know, be that holy to not accept me. And so... I struggled a lot with that, but as I started going to church, I began to become more and more aware of how grievous sin is to God. And also, I began to witness more and more of how God was real and alive and was doing miracles today and was speaking to people and leading and guiding their lives. That's That personal relationship component was something I had not seen when I had you know, studied out all the other religions. So I grew a hunger, you know, to want to know this God. And I also just came to a breaking point realizing, you know, all the other religions I tried and studied, it just wasn't fulfilling and satisfying and just giving me purpose that I was looking for. And, you know, it seemed like everything I've tried to do in my own ways kept falling apart, breaking and just leading me to more, you know, disappointments and to the place where I was just like, you know what, I'd rather kind of die than live with this emotional pain of just living life without a purpose. And in that breaking point is when, you know, God just made himself real to me because I began to reflect on testimonies of how God, you know, had delivered so many others through their addictions and their emotional battles and you know that God didn't just heal physical bodies but also their heartbroken hearts Amen. and you know I wanted that more than anything was God to heal my broken heart and so 
that's uh, what God did for me as I, you know, fully surrendered to Him and got plugged into church and into the Word of God and into prayer. I grew more and more, and it just made me more and more stable in life. And I discovered a stability and a peace that I'd never had before. And that has lasted all these years, you know, over two decades. So I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer. Father, we just, Lord, thank you for making yourself real to so many listeners that are out there that are sincerely seeking truth, wondering, Lord, if you are real and alive. And we just thank you for making yourself real to them as you made yourself real to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Caleb, how can they reach you if they have questions? Yeah, so they can uh, actually go to our website. It's riversofmiracles.com. Or, you know, they can call as well at 989-482-1521. Well, thank you so much for sharing. That's an amazing testimony. And we sure love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.